What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This Podcast. This week, Zach's throwing rocks at his son, and Sean's been locked in the basement the whole time, because we're watching Come to Daddy. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Sean. I'm Zach. And this week we're watching Come to Daddy. Come to Dada. Come to Daddy is a 2019 dark ho- dark comedy thriller. It is rated R. It runs an hour and 36 minutes. It was written and directed by Ant Timpson, who produced Turbo Kid and Housebound. Mm. It was also written by Toby ha- Toby Harvard. Uh, f- let's establish something first. It says it's based on a idea by Sure. Said person. Well, right. At the end, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We're going to get into that. What does that mean? So, uh, this was also written by Toby Harvard, who did the actual writing oh, on this. Oh, shit. I totally wrote down Tony. God and damn it. Toby Harvard wrote The Greasy Strangler as well, <laughs> which is another um, uh, SpectreVision <laughs> film. So, Next on the list, guys. Uh, I almost refused to do that movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, with that being said, this movie has an IMDb rating of 6. I could not find a budget, and so I'm not going to ask you if this movie uh, made money because we don't know. But it did make about $116,000 worldwide, which is not a lot of money. I mean, uh, what do you expect when you don't get like a huge theatrical release? Totally, and I think this movie was prominently pushed. Commercial theatrical release, let's say that. Right, and I yeah, exactly. And I think this movie was pushed more VOD. So... Mm -hmm. um, before we get into the movie, the synopsis is, uh, after receiving letters from his estranged father, a man decides to visit. His father, his father's actions turn from questionable to malicious, and the man realizes that things may not be as they seem. That's better than the one on IMDb, because I read it, because I was trying to explain to somebody what this movie was about. Because I remember you telling me something, yeah, which also made me think this was a way different movie than it ended up being. But, um, yeah, the IMDb one's just like... Uh, a a boy goes to live with his estranged father or something like that. Yeah, I was like, I, are you fucking kidding me? What? That's not sufficient. Yeah, there, you need a that little doesn't more give than you that. any. It's no. like, why would you? Why would you want to watch it? Like, who would want to watch the movie based on that? Like, read if I re- was like, oh, what's this about? Come to daddy? Weird. Right. And then it said that I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not watching it. That totally dumb. So, um, spoiler alert. If you yeah. want to do it, uh, spoiler you. Thank you. Yep. Um, Got my back. I say that now because I'm going to give you uh, some insight on what you brought up about Ant Timpson and this being an idea of his. Hmm. So uh, this film was inspired by his father's death. When his father died, his body was embalmed and then brought back to the house for a traditional grieving ceremony. People he didn't know came by and told stories of his dad, and he felt like they were telling stories about someone he didn't know. Interesting. And so that's why I said spoilers, because that's that becomes a bit of a plot point about halfway into the movie. Yeah. But that is so odd. I don't so I'm gonna say it up front. I don't know what tradition that is that the embalmed body is brought back to the home. Yeah, well is it? It some form. I, I mean re- I also remember him telling a story about this on um Oh, maybe Shockwaves. It's a great podcast, go subscribe. Shout out. 
Yeah, I mean, whatever. That's what Podcast, I listen to. shout out. I what? listen to a ton of them, so I'll shout uh, them out. Yeah. Uh, well, then I'll give a quick shout out to Joe from Movie Crypt because I just stole that from him. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> uh, go listen to that one. Subscribe. And um, yeah, so let's. Okay. So yeah. Uh, you want to unpack the movie a little bit? No, I want you to. <laughs> okay. So this t- uh, quickly takes place in the fictional town of Port Hope, Oregon. Oh, shit. I didn't even, like, catch that. I didn't catch it in the movie, but it was in some of the notes. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. I do believe it is said at some point in the film. Um, I mean, they make it pretty clear uh, California is in play, so. Which I was kind of like, when he puts in the address, I was like, damn, where is this guy from? Like, he's gonna, I I assume this was, like, on the East Coast. I was like, he's just gonna start driving to California. Oh, gotcha. No, yeah, that's funny. Well, no, yeah, so I would imagine this is some... This kind of seems like maybe central northern Oregon, like PDX. Uh, Although no, it, I it, think this was more like... It reminds me... If, I take back what I just said. This reminds me a would, little bit of uh, Seaside, been, like that aesthetic. Oh, I would say even further. Like further Newport, like south? Like further, like so- south of Newport. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, but What's he that? would be from like... We're from Oregon. You can hear... Uh, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I mean, just well, so everybody's aware. Said it? Probably. Okay. You know what? This could be someone's first episode. If it is, I'm so sorry that this is the movie you picked. Although I'm not saying that because it's a bad movie. I'm saying that because you picked Come to Daddy this is the movie to listen to a podcast about. Well, if it's, I mean, if it's the most recent episode and they're like, this seems interesting and pop on that. I always try to go start from like the beginning and work my way up. My way, same. Because like, it doesn't make sense to me. But what I, what's, what? What I'm a little furious about Apple is that when I'm using your podcast app, why is it that the next episode plays the one before it? Make it so it plays in order. Yes. I'm right behind you. I don't want to go back in time. I want to go forward. So From the back. We have Elijah Wood as Norval. Uh, he's terrible name. If you don't know who he is, he's from the Lord of the Rings, oh. Cooties, Maniac. I love Elijah Wood. Wilfred. He's in a lot of stuff. He's great. He's awesome. Uh, he's also one of the like big shot parts of Spectre Vision. Yeah, uh, one of the owners, I believe. Yeah. So that was like one of the first things you really told me about it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, sick." And that uh, I'll say it now. I mean, that's what sort of inspired my picks for this season was my kind of love for Spectre Vision and Elijah Wood's like interest in this genre type of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Stephen McHattie who plays Gordon. He's in Pontypool. He's in Watchmen. He's in The Covenant. Who is he in Watchmen? I don't know. Man, I I looked at his IMDb, although I didn't, I didn't like. I knew you were gonna, you know, I fucking knew you were gonna ask me that, and I don't know. Okay, um, it's he probably wasn't somebody major then. It wasn't somebody I recognized by name. Do you remember what that was? Uh, Captain something or Colonel something? Oh, so he's one of the old. Probably one of the old, like, Watchmen. Probably. From, like, the flashback. Probably. Which you don't really get to see. Okay. Um, yeah, I tried to look at his, like, IMDb, although I didn't really, like, dive deep into his filmography. I just looked at the what he's known for, and I was like, I don't watch those. So sure, right. It was a lot of TV shows. I do know that he's done a lot of stuff, though. I did look a little bit, and I was like, okay, well, he's been in a lot of big movies, though, and, like, like I've heard of this, and I may not have seen it, but... Right, exactly. That's how I felt. We also have Martin Donovan, who is Brian... 
He is in Weeds, Ant-Man, Agent Cody oh, Banks. Oh, that was the one I looked up. Not uh, – <laughs> that's funny. I, I don't think I looked up uh, the other guy. It was actually him. Oh, Because okay. I was like, oh, well, who's the real dad? I was like, he looks really familiar. Although in this, he kind of looked like James Cameron a little bit. He's so, yeah, that's funny as hell he does. But Because so, I was like, who is this? He's so beat up in this, though. I know. Like, I feel yeah. bad for But he does look familiar. Honestly. Yeah. I just didn't recognize him from anything. I looked at his uh, IMDb. I didn't write Indiv- down the name for Jethro. But I should have because I actually like his character a lot, and he's in a lot of stuff. He was in a, one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah. Oh, Anyways. does he play um, – is he Taserface? Maybe. In the in volume two? Maybe. Um, so the movie opens with fucking quotes, which I don't hate them because of the way they do it in this movie. It made me yeah. laugh. Yeah. So, uh, it was interesting. So we get the first one is the sins of the father are to be laid upon the children. William Shakespeare. There is no one else like my daddy, Beyonce. Which is why you had to hear my terrible singing. Of, I figured uh, that was why. Put a ring on it. Yeah. I didn't really like write any quotes down. I kind of wrote like quotes of other movies, two parts, because I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that I was like, "This is like really good quotable," and I don't know. I just wanted to have more fun with it. So I did write down a bunch of quotes, and so that we That's could g- kind of talk about them because yeah. there was some stuff that I thought was maybe pinnacle to the plot or the way that things oh, played out that I, I wrote uh-oh. down. Hang on. Shake your phone. Did I just lose all my notes? Undo. No. Uh, hang on. I think I started a new one. Okay. Good. We're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> thought I just deleted all my notes. Oh, that would be so bad. Uh, so, yeah, the movie starts out with Norval arriving on a bus. He treks through a beach to a lone house, and his father answers the door, and they make an awkward conversation. Yeah, they do. This movie is played tense from the beginning, between the two. Yeah, it is. Um, let's get into Norval a little bit. What do you think of his character, of Elijah Wood's character in this movie? <laughs> He's kind of a little hipster piece of shit. Yeah, but I kind of get where he is coming from. But I mean, what part of him? What makes him a piece of shit, though? I have my notes on it, so maybe we'll wait till we get to that part. But there's a a scene that makes me just go, "Oh, you're such a scum! You're such a scum!" Oh, after he drinks the wine. Uh, no, I actually I kind of sympathized with him in that scene a little bit. Not in that he called her, but in the fact that he was alone and afraid and he was just looking for someone to come be with him. But I didn't like the way he went about it. Yeah. We'll kind of get into that more, but there's actually another scene and it's it's a conversation he's having with his dad, quote unquote. Oh yeah, okay. Um We find out that Norval's a recovering alcoholic and that he almost killed himself. And that pretty much just makes his dad be like, oh, so you're kind of a weak bitch, pretty much, by the mm. end of that conversation. And he, he taunts him and, and antagonizes him about it. Yeah. That's kind of rough. Yeah, he was kind of a... He was an asshole. This, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm going to say, too, this is the first time you watched this movie, right? And Reluctantly. Yeah. Reluctantly, yeah. I was really interested to see what was going on, and like, I honestly really loved the setup. Me too. But this is the second time I watched this movie, uh-huh. and I'm gonna say that watching this movie a second time drastically changed the way that I looked at it. Uh huh. Because of seeing, being able to see the the way the movie 
Because you already know what happens, so right. there's so, no, like, shock factor to it, really. But I'm also able to then sort of analyze this first half of the movie <clears throat> and go, oh, okay, this tension here, the reason it feels real is because it's real, but not for the reasons that you think. And that is what got me. Well, here's here's what I'm going to say. Uh, as soon as you meet the dad and they kind of have that first conversation, um... I'm going to spoil it, but I already was like, one of them's not who they say they are. Oh, so you thought immediately like, as soon as they meet and he's like, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen you in so long. He's like too long. And I was like, one of them's not who they say they are. Sure. Which, uh, but then I was like, and it's unclear. Here's where the like, oh, of course, Zach, it was unclear. I was like, well, it's unclear if maybe they're uh, one of them's even human or not. Oh, they're, of course. Only right? because of the like the like spaceship talk. There is and that. And he was like kind of like uh, kind of like mocking him for it in a way, but also just kind of like repeating what he's saying, kind of laughing about it. Well, I'll further that so I was for like, you. Whoa, is he going to be like an alien? <laughs> I'll, I'll further that, though, because there are some scenes where um, uh, – well, and until where, you get to a certain point, you're kind of like, man, where's this movie going? Well, and there, okay, so there are scenes where Gordon, that's who we're referring to, uh, he's in another room and he's talking kind of loud to himself. Or uh, after, like you said, spoiler alert, after he dies, we hear these noises in the house. Yeah. And so uh, Norval starts to think like maybe something's going on. Like he's ha- haunted. Right. So that could even further the argument that maybe something was wrong from the beginning. Sure. Um, With all of this being said, the turn that does happen in a little bit uh, after that makes this whole movie so much more just like bonkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But played straight as hell. Right. So, but yeah, I, I had this weird idea that it might be <laughs> aliens or ghosts. Sure. I thought it was going to be something supernatural. It's I was going to say, it does lean into the supernatural for a moment. It, in a really good way that I was like, whoa, what are we about to get into here? Sure. Like, so, um, yeah, maybe what we should get into the moment that I was talking about him being a little bit of a piece of shit. We have this Elton, uh, El- the Elton John gag. Oh, you think this made him a piece of shit? The fact that he straight up lied to him just to try to impress his dad. Like, dude, who cares? I get it, but it, see, that's where I sympathize but with also him. Also, empathize was, with him. Actually, I'm gonna say also though it was the setup of him being like, well, I DJ and uh, you could say I make blazing beats. And uh, yeah, I, know. I was he, like, he was oh, kind you're of such a fucking douche. He was kind of um, goddamn. What's the word I'm thinking of? I think it starts with a P. Pretentious. Oh, he was a quite a bit pretentious. But at the same time, like it kind of seemed like he, it, you know, like. He, yeah, he just wanted to impress his dad and, you know. Well, and maybe we can wait until we get into quotes, but I do have a quote that follows this. Um, where they're in the bathroom, or, well, Norval's in the bathroom and his Gordon's in the, the hallway standing there talking to him. And he tells him pretty much, like, if you want to impress me, tell me fighting stories. Yeah. But I'm going to wait till we get into quotes to get into that part. This whole gag, the Elton John gag that we're referring to, comes from Norval basically trying to play himself up to Gordon, his dad. And uh, he, Gordon basically the whole time is like, anybody I would know after he drops all these names. And so then Norval says Elton John. And then yeah. Gordon goes on this rant about like, oh, funny, I used to drive for him. So I know him. Let me call him up. Yeah, it's OK. I'm right. a limo driver. <laughs> That's great. Um 
Which there's this tense moment then where Norval's like, don't call him, don't call him, don't call him. And then he lets out like, okay, I lied. But then Gordon says, yeah, so did I. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, okay. But also there's a very big like revealing thing about that moment where you realize Gordon's also telling him like, yeah, I'm a better bullshitter than you and I'm bullshitting this whole time. Yeah, when you kind of like realize what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, after this, Norval spies on his father, Gordon. Uh, he hears him speaking loudly in the middle of the night. Which I assumed he was just on the phone with somebody. And I was like, yeah, that's weird. I guess we'll find out more about that. Yeah, me too, kind of. But like it kind of didn't go anywhere, although I guess it's pretty obvious who he must have been talking to unless he was talking to himself. Sure. Well, so then Norval tries to go, uh, when he's walking back to his room, he, like, makes the noise and then runs back to his room to hide, and then uh, Gordon comes and checks on him. Yeah. That was a bit of a weird scene. Well, kind of. And at the same time, it's like, why would you be so uncomfortable to be like, oh, sorry, I was, you know, I got up to get a glass of water and I, uh, you know, came to, uh, I heard you talking, so I was kind of, you know, sorry, I listened in a little bit. But that's the thing is he's kind of a sneaky, smarmy guy and he's not going to own up to it. I know. Uh, so yeah, then this kind of leads Norval to suspect that his dad doesn't like him and that he's, that his dad's also going crazy because he doesn't have enough connection with the outside world. Yeah. Obviously we know why later on this is happening and it makes more sense, but it is totally sensical on Norval's end to feel like that based on what's happening. Yeah. They do try to bond. He hasn't seen his dad since he was five. Yeah. Right. Which Which comes out a little later. Um, they try to bond a little bit, and at one point they go to run into the ocean, which there's this little cutoff that they can kind of swim in, and the dad kind of just doesn't. Yeah, he stops. This was weird to me. Very Wa- weird While watching scene. it. Because then Norval's floating on his back in the water, and Gordon throws a giant rock at him, and it almost hits him. But then when Norval <sighs> looks at him, he's just standing there, acting like nothing happened. Kind of. I kind of thought it was just more like he wants to see, like, oh, what's he going to do? And that's that was the thing is I was like, man, what is this like? Is this guy just crazy or like what? But like I said, I already kind of predicted that he is somebody probably wasn't who. And see, that's the thing is like I kind of thought there was a bigger twist there. Okay. With that, um, I guess I'll wait till we get a little further. But yeah, I was just like, damn, like he almost just like fucking busted him in the head in the water. Yeah, it like he would have for crazy. sure like probably died. Oh yeah. So if not, I mean, yeah, I'd imagine if he probably anything, would've... he'd be concussed and drowned and yes, die. Exactly. So that's what I right. mean. It's like either way, because he wasn't going to save him. No, no. Or it didn't feel that way. Uh, well, so after this, they, they get into an argument basically because Norval tries to stand up for himself, but he ends up kind of just being a prick back to him. Yeah. Uh, he, Norval goes to sit down and tries to like relax by closing his eyes and getting Zen with himself, which I loved the way this was shot because it does that thing where like the sound goes out and you're with him and you just hear his breathing. Is he sitting oh, with his eyes closed? I had my volume turned up pretty loud, but I still didn't really notice. So then Norval opens his eyes and sees Gordon standing in front of him with a butcher's knife. Yeah. And he's, like, getting ready to kill him. Um, as he's about to kind of swing on him, he seems to have a heart attack and just dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, they had an argument before that. Right, that's because, what I was saying. Uh, I'm sorry. I, because Norval tries to stand up for himself, and he just is, like, being a prick back to him. Uh, I wouldn't really go there. He's pretty upset about the fact that, like, he hasn't been around, and now that he's here... He was mad ...being asked yeah. to come out, he's like, why did you ask me to come here? Like, you don't want me here. It doesn't seem like you want me here. Right. 
Which is, yeah, this leads up to the this confrontation that happens. But then, but then yeah, he, yeah, he comes back and he's got a a knife. I, I'm sorry, that the moment you described made it seem like it was kind of a slower moment. No, this is at, right and, after their fight. Right. Yeah. Um, but all everything that happened so quickly is that like I didn't notice right, really right. like how you described it. So sorry, uh, had okay. to clear it up <laughs> for the listeners. Uh, myself rather. Well, so then yeah, Gordon has a heart attack, and we get a kind of a strange series of events here. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna actually break my my uh, method here and actually go to the quotes because there's a quote that's kind of important to what happens. Is here. it the raisin eyes? Yes. <laughs> um. Officer uh, Plum. <laughs> or is it Plume? Uh, Norval ends up hiding the knife so the police won't know about the confrontation. He lies about their uneasy relationship to the officer. Uh, all the while sort of a, grieving the idea of like being estranged from his dad and then his dad dying. Yeah. Which is a pretty sad idea. I, that's what's interesting about this movie is there's some, there's some sad themes and some real themes in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's played in such an interesting way. Yeah. And the comedy in it is, like, very absurdist comedy. I know. I don't know if there's really any actual comedy in this movie. I think there's a lot of comedy in this movie, and I just think that the way it's it's done in a way that's almost like you have to say what's happening out loud to be able to realize how absurd what's happening is. Sure. I understand. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Like, seeing it is brutal because it's played so straight, but if it's, okay, it's similar to the way I look at the movie Us. Because I think Us is a comedy, but it's played as a straight horror movie. But if you were to tell me the, like... I don't know if it's all the way just comedy, though. No, but if you were to tell me the story from beginning to end, I would be like, this sounds hilarious. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And after we both talked about Us, I still haven't seen it again, which I want to. Yeah. But after we talked about it, after we both saw it, because I think I saw it first, and I had to wait for you. Yeah, and probably. Like, and I was kind of like, uh, but then we had a conversation about it and I was like, okay, I get it now. And like, okay, this makes more sense. And like, I, I can kind of appreciate it a little more, but I like, do like that movie, by the way, I would I'm, say I do too, but I need to see it again. It just took me having that realization to appreciate like, okay, that's why this movie sat kind of weird with me the first time I watched well, it. Well, and when they play it up like a horror, I'm expecting just horror. And so from what I saw from you know, I was like, oh, so what is this about? Right. Like, where is this going? Which can peel. I mean, the show itself would lean into horror and sci-fi quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, they so, did. But, and then it was always about comedy. So, right. Like, that was the thing. Um, yeah, so after this happens, uh, the confrontation with Norville, he has a com- – uh, sorry. Norville has a conversation with a police officer that is very awkward and uncomfortable. The officer literally breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> and, and says that he's breaking the fourth wall in a sense. We'll talk. We'll talk about it because he has a quote, and I'll say his quote. Right. Uh, he explains that the father looks like a bad guy, but that Norval looks innocent. And this is what he says. Let me go to my quotes here. Which I didn't get why. Uh, you can go ahead and say this in a second. We don't have to jump on this, but I just have to say, like, I didn't get why he fucking lied. To- well, I guess I get it now because that's all he fucking does is lie to people, but. That's what I mean, is he's a liar, and he just is like, he wants to appear to be something so much better than he actually is. But, like, that's the thing, is in that moment, he didn't do anything wrong. And he should have really told the police in the first place, like, what was happening. Well, but he didn't want his dad to be perceived that way, because that's his dad, so it makes him look 
That's something that's okay, attached to him. Okay, I can get that. That's what I mean. Is he's he's kind of a piece of shit. He's like kind of a like a narcissistic dickhead. But they they make it's him all the sympathetic reputation. character, yeah. right? You know, it's how he's perceived. Um, okay, I get that. I know it's hard to. It, it's I mean it's to the movies. Um, like defense, they do this well by making him the main character and making you sympathize and, and empathize with him, I should say. But at the end of the day, there's no good guys in this movie. Yeah. Everybody is a bad person in some way. Except the geologists. <laughs> yeah, no, they're great. They're fine. We'll <laughs> talk about that, too. Which I wasn't expecting not American people, I guess. I was kind of surprised by that as well. We'll wait till we get to that scene. Just because they don't mention anything about it. They just said uh, convention. So to the like, movie's okay. defense, maybe that's why they did it, was to just be like, it doesn't matter. Right, sure. Yeah. Um, so and the, it doesn't. The thing that the officer says is, I'm kind of <laughs> breaking the fourth wall here, but uh, I got a theory that bad guys have eyes that look like raisins. Raisin eyes. And he, his idea is that when you look at a bad, a bad guy, their eyes are these beady little dark... They're dark and crinkled up. Small. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Which he looks at Norval in the eyes and says, you don't look like a bad guy. But then he looks at his dad's eyes and he goes, oh, he looks like a bad guy. Yeah. And so he kind of straight up tells the audience right there, like, here's where you should be standing with these two, even though it's pretty obvious. As I was going to say, I was already there. Yeah. I was like, I was yeah, there dude, well. I know. Let's, where's this going? So, uh, Sorry, let me get back to where I was. Okay. The coroner explains that Norval's dad's body will be embalmed, but then they have to return it back to the house because there's storage issues due to flooding, which immediately with me was like, oh, no. Yeah. I was like, what? And then she says that the family would have to make further arrangements. Uh, but she leaves her number with him in case he has any questions, which is important. It did kind of seem like she was sort of leading him on a little bit into another, into like a more of a... Uh, personal and I don't want to say intimate, but just at least a friendship in some way. Let me ask you a question. And I'm glad that you made that distinction there. Do you think that that is supposed to be a commentary on like, um, maybe an un like how men pre- like, like a ma- you know, like, yeah, like when uh, a woman is nice to a man, they're the all, all of a sudden like, for, Oh, you, you want to be with me? Yeah. Like the cocky, uh, like selfish self-righteousness of a, like that man, that, uh, toxic men, uh, mentality, right? The right. toxic masculinity, toxic mentality, right? Wow. And, and obviously <laughs> this is too white guys trying to dissect this. So it's stupid and, but whatever, but I'm uh, just to saying, be fair, I think we're kind of, uh, you know, like on the lady's side here. No, though, definitely. Right? But I'm just saying, like, uh, I, I do think that it is a commentary on that. And I I appreciate the way the movie does this because it is sort of, in a sense, saying, like, th- a person can just be nice to you. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I was like, oh, I thought she was totally, like, flirting with him, though. But then I was like, oh, shit, is that my own perception of, but like... That's- but that's good that you were able to then address that with yourself. Because, right. I mean, I'm sure that, like, the first time I watched this, I might have had but the same thought. They do kind of make it seem like that, right? Or was it different since you watched it a second time and you knew that? I'm going to say I don't remember how I felt about it the first time. Yeah. I can see how you would perceive it that way. I think that's the – yeah, I think that's the thing, though, is it's just that. But like, I think that it was played in a way that was almost – as neutral as you could be with that little bit of like, here's how maybe a guy perceives this little bit of uh, niceness, right? Right. So then it's more of the, 
um, the unreliable narrator mm-hmm. and less like reality and saying like maybe she wasn't being as nice as they played it up in the movie so that it seemed that way. Right. Or maybe I'm giving this movie more credit than I should. I don't know. I don't think right? so. I, I think that was kind of the point. Um, now, right after the scene, though, plastic bags, hit, uh, plastic bag, Norval's hit in the face with a plastic bag that just yeah. is randomly floating. Cue fireworks by Katy Perry. Now, that's so funny. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? The girls said bag? the same thing. Um, Wait, what? The girls are watching with us. Oh, uh, okay, okay, gotcha. the same thing. <laughs> I thought you said the girls said the same thing. I'm like, wait, what? They, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they said the same thing when we were watching it. Um, the plastic bag that hits him in the face has a, a tie or a lion on it. Very reminiscent of the shirt that Red is wearing in Mandy. Okay. Mandy yeah, also a Spectre Vision movie. So there's my Your triple t- connection. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's by the same company, right? I, so. Produced. I mean, or released at least. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, oh, here, let me. Hitting the wrong button. So. Yeah, it probably has nothing to do with that, too. They're probably like, oh, yeah, cool. We didn't notice. Totally. It probably mm-hmm. was like totally a uh, random It's like, thing. nope, that wasn't it. After returning with the body, the coroner confides in Norval about her late husband and explains that uh, simply speaking to them openly as though they were alive had helped her in her grieving. And this is the scene where she seems like, uh, honestly, here's what I'm going to say. I can understand where it would seem like maybe she was opening up to him in a uh, a way that he could perceive it that way. Mm-hmm. Here's my argument against that. If you If she was a guy, it wouldn't seem that way. Right. It would just seem like a guy confiding in another man. Right. So that's why I'm going to say this time through, I didn't really see it that way, but I was also, yes, influenced by the fact that I've seen this movie and I know where it goes. I think it's also because she says, like, call me anytime or something like that, too. Yeah, that's true. And then he calls her outside of business hours and she makes that a big thing. Like, she does don't say call it. me again after business hours. Right. And I have that quote, actually. Okay. But that's uh, why I was like, well, it kind of seemed like she was like kind of like. Hey, you're kind of cute and not from around here. Like, and you know, I, you just went through something crazy. So I'm, and he kind of made her feel bad too, because he tells the story about the raisin eyes with the cop. And she, I have that quote too. So let's wait on that. Cause it's funny. It's actually funny what she says. Um, so normal begins hearing, uh, strange noises throughout the house. We already kind of referred to this, but this is where he starts to think that, um, his dad's alive, Mm -hmm. the body. Uh, someone calls the house, but then Norval answers the phone and they don't say anything and they're just breathing. And this kind of like freaks him out. Yeah. And then I believe. It freaked me out too. Um, we then see him like going pee in the bathroom. He's standing and he looks out the window and he sees a face in the brush. I had to go back because I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's quick too. It is really quick. And then it's gone. Um, he goes to look back and there's nothing there. The noises start to get to him. So he starts drinking. He gets very drunk to ignore the noises and even acknowledges them by saying, like, I'm not listening. Yeah. And this is where he calls the coroner. And this right. is what we've been talking about. He calls her. He basically, like, tries to get her to come over. He's being kind of douchey to her about it, quite honestly. But I'm going to say, like. He's just trying to be like, happens. hey, come he over. Was drunk have a good time. And he was and calling and, yeah. for a booty call. And it, exactly. it was very. It was one of those things where if you found out about it the next day, you're calling and saying, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Which I was kind of expecting that. Too. Me too. And he doesn't. Douche. Uh, uh, but that's he's the too last proud. time he talks to her, right? Yeah. Well, or he's like too scared of that confrontation. That too. But yeah. Because I'm kind of uh, like, like, I would definitely apologize if I remembered doing that. Right. Because. I'm the kind of person that would be like, oh, shit, that was weird. I'm sorry. Like, 
Um, I'm going to tell a funny story for the audience. Oh, I don't know. It's not that racy. Funny story about who? About me. Okay. About myself. Okay. Um, I'm like, wait, what are you going to say? No, I'm going to tell a funny (laughs) story about myself for the audience. All right. So um, when I had just turned old enough to drink, uh, I would regularly like kind of drink at my house. You would come over and drink with me. Yeah, I was nine. Um, (laughs) No, you would come over to my mom's house and we would drink. We would just hang out, particularly with our neighbors, who were this really nice oh, yeah. couple that we would just hang out with. Oh, shit, dude. Did okay. You, did you get in a three-way? No. That's so funny that you say that. No. We're not going to get into their details or anything more about what you just said. However, one night I was really drunk, and I was trying to text the girl that I was seeing and to say, hey, come over. Doing this, basically, although we were seeing each other, and she probably would have just been like, okay. Um, I Justified. Sent, I sent it to my neighbor, rather. <laughs> Obviously, I was I passed out like right after this, and so I didn't get a response. I went over the next day and apologized in person because I was like, that absolutely was not meant for you. Uh-huh. It, obviously, I'm gonna say too right now, it wasn't like dirty or anything. It literally said like, "Hey, come over," but I was over like I had to go over and be like, "I apologize, that was not meant for you." Like I feel so. Why didn't you just text her? Just be like, "Oh, sorry, that wasn't for you." Because I was awake and so like sobered up the next day to be like, oh, that sucks that I sent that. Okay. I felt bad. I All don't right. know. I just felt like I needed to go. So then what happened? There's a juicy center, right? There's not. No. I that just was felt, it? Yeah. It was just this oh idea that I sent it to the wrong person. It's funny enough. I sent it to the wrong person. So anyways. Yeah. But you had to like tell everybody that. Like no, it wasn't even like. Ugh. No, I'm oh just saying. I, so I can understand being drunk. Okay. And well, doing. That's I, all. I think most people can. So I think it's all right. I'm I'm putting myself I'm I'm bearing this cross for myself, okay? It's um, not really a good cross to bear. No, but. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyways, she rejects him like yeah, pretty, poli- pretty politely. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, yeah. it was stern but polite, and yeah. and she didn't have to be polite, but she was, and but she has yeah, she says don't call me again after hours, mm-hmm. after office hours. Um, this, this is where shit gets kind of weird. Now here's the thing though, that was the last time she talked to him, right? Okay, so are we going to get in? Are you waiting to get to quotes to do the Raisin Eyes thing? Because I wanted to talk about that. Here, we can do that one, too. Um, I didn't know the quote was so important. Well, she there's two parts. It's not really that funny, but there's two parts because she says, uh, he, he says to her, I don't think I liked him. He called me a rat fucker, among other things. And then she says, good thing he's dead then, which was a right. weird quote. So right? this is where I was trying to get with it because it was... I think I was trying to talk about sympathizing with him or empathizing with him, some sort of thizing. And <laughs> um, that was the thing was that, like, she was even like, well, good, like, you know, like, he was kind of a piece of shit. Good thing he's dead, right? And he was like, I don't really know if that's, like, the way to go about it. Like, yeah, right. he was a piece of shit, but, like, is it good that he's dead? Right, right. Which is like, because, yeah, it's like, well, is it good if anybody dies? In hindsight, maybe it was, though. Sure, absolutely. Mm. Now, uh, to further what you were saying, the the other part was where uh, he tries to talk to her about what the officer said about the raisin eyes. He basically like explains yeah. what he, the officer said, and then she says, "What are raisin eyes? Fucking idiot! Raisin eyes." Yeah, <laughs> which was pretty good. Uh, I mean, it was just a quick thing, but, but I don't like, think she it was, was funny because I him. felt the same thing when. I think she was calling the officer a fucking idiot, right? No, I know. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was the point. She's like, raisin eyes. That that guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. So it, it was funny. I just didn't. Like, I mean, it seemed pretty, like, 
like an, an average response because I was thinking the same fucking thing. It felt like something you Raisin or eyes? I would have written. What the fuck? <laughs> as a response to that. But I like what the cop was trying to say. I just wish he didn't call them raisins because it, nobody's eyes look like fucking raisins. Here's what it is. It reminds me of if I started writing, if we were writing a story together and I wrote a chunk and then you read it and then you had to write a response like to keep going, that yeah. would be the next scene that you wrote. Yeah, because I'd just be mad about it. Exactly. It'd be like, why the fuck did you say raisin eyes? So funny. That's pretty um, funny. So later on, uh, Norval finds a hidden compartment in his room and he finds some of his childhood belongings, including a photo album. After further inspection, kinda... Norval discovers that the man he met in the home is not his father. He then finds out that there's a hidden passage in the living room in which his real father is being held captive. So when he pulls the... Okay, so this is something you guys at home have to remember. Because of the flooding at the coroner's offices or the morgue or whatever. Yeah. The body has to be at this house in a body bag. Yeah. And there's multiple times where he goes and unzips it. Oh, you know what? I actually We skipped just, some pretty good shit. I skipped a really important scene. You're right. Two, it's, I think. It's when he's still drunk. He goes... Uh, let's, Two. I'm sorry. Let's go back. Well, it's kind of the same that. thing. Let's, okay, yeah. Sorry, guys. Back. We're all over the place I'll cut today. this. I'll cut it together and make it you work. You say that in no, every... No, I will. Ep- the new oh. ones I do. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm still catching up. I'm only on season three, but... There's uh, times when I've cut even just you saying, spoilers, back into the beginning of the episode. Sometimes I can tell, but then so, I'm like, did I say it that early or... Um, yeah. Anyway. Here's what, the, what we were just referring to. Uh, when Norval's still drunk, he confronts his anger towards his father by yelling at the dead body... He then lies next to him and cries before falling asleep. He goes to confide in the body and to say something, but then doesn't. And then goes and looks I at it. I thought he did kind of have a conversation with it. He does. He's yelling at him and he starts to like have a conversation with him. He also goes to say, like, can I tell you a secret, but then never finishes. Mm-hmm. And then he inspects the body and sees a tattoo on the neck with a name, Ryan. This is R.I.P. Ryan. And he's very confused. He's like, what? So I didn't notice that part. But he does bring it up again. Right. It does come back. Uh, so then he falls asleep and he wakes up the next morning. The head is fucking looking at him. Yeah. That freaked me out quite a fucking bit. Me too. And that's why I was like, whoa, where is this movie going, dude? But then he just literally clicks the just, head back into place. Yeah, he just kind of nonchalantly like uh, clicks it back. Because of the rigor mortis it obviously set in at this point. Right. So then later he finds a hidden compartment in his room and he finds his childhood belongings, including a photo album. After further inspection, Norval discovers that the man he met in his home was not his father. Beyond in- or beyond that, he inspects uh, the living room and finds that there's a hidden passage in the floor, which leads to his real father being held captive. Well, he kind of pieces together that because remember when he got off the phone with the coroner, he bangs the phone down three times and then gets like he hears like three bangs and oh, he freaks out. Right, right, right. And, and yeah, cause he's, when he's yelling at the corpse, he's like, are you like doing this beyond the grave for some reason? Oh, sure. And, uh, which is, I was like, whoa, cool. Uh, kind of like he's bringing into that. And then later he like does it again. He like bangs on the floor and then he hears like the same amount of bangs back. And he's like, oh, that's weird. And like does it again and it happens again. That's where he kind of realizes like, oh, there's like, or maybe it was in that same scene where he bangs in it, like they. The, and he bangs sponge. back. But then later, yeah, he he searches and finds the hatch in the middle of the room, which is being covered by like a table. It's a, yeah, a table and a rug. Mm-hmm. His dad is fucking beat up, dude. Yeah, and he's like cuffed to the wall. I'm gonna say it right now. From here on out, this movie is fucking relentless in the way that it treats these characters or handles these characters. Yeah, kind of. 
You don't think so? I think it... Nobody I think, gets out un, like scathed. No, I know. And I think it, like, really hits some, like, points with the craziness. And then it kind of feels like not a lot happens. Like, I Maybe get I- that, like, a lot does kind of happen. But, like, so here, here's what's funny. Uh, I had to do some stuff today. I turned on, I put on the movie this morning. Um, right before he finds the photo album is where I had to pause the movie and kind of get some shit done. Okay. And so there is like maybe kind of an hour between that, that I wasn't, uh, watching the movie. And then I started it again from there and I was like, uh, I was like, whoa. And I only had like an hour of the movie left and I, it didn't feel like an hour. But like sure, 30 sure. minutes. Because it kind of flies by the last yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Norval's Rule Dad basically explains that there are people that are tr- going to kill him both when he finds them. Uh, he tells him that he needs to hide in the closet with a dumbbell. And when the, when the man Do- comes down, he needs to come out and attack him and kill him. Yeah. Remember, we've explained that Norval is kind of, it's a, kind of a, wimp. a weasel and a wimp. And yeah. He, he, this plays into this part very much so. Uh, the man does arrive, and he stabs the father with a pen smeared in feces. This part is fucking gross. Yeah, and so just fucked up. It made it made my stomach hurt to think about. He keeps calling it estrum, extrament, and yeah. he corrects him on it. Says it's excrement, not which extrament. the character that we're referring to is um, that's Jethro. Jethro, and I, I like his character in this because he's like kind of goofy, the goofy bad guy. I I hate this guy, but he sucks. He's a he does suck. He's a bastard. And I guess what I mean to say is I like the actor who does a good job at making me hate this character. Oh, well, sure, yeah. That's what I guess I mean by that. Um, yeah, Normal is discovered because he panics and doesn't attack the man-ish. I mean, he pushes him down, but then the guy basically just leaves him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I cringe. Which, why did it have to be poop? Because Why of the couldn't infection? it just be poison? I don't know. Or something? Because these are gross, low-class dudes. We're going to see where this conversations from these dudes go. Yeah. Anyways, I'm with you. It didn't need to be, but I get why they did. Um, this is where I cringed the most in the entire movie, though. Although, maybe another part should have made me cringe more. Norval's real dad explains that uh, they kidnapped Thailand's richest man and stole his money, but he betrayed the team and took all the money, which he then used to raise Norval... And keep his mom from having to work. Yeah, yeah. And then when it's he's like, like, shit. Yeah, when he's like, have you ever wondered how you lived in like a Beverly Hills mansion with, with a, an unemployed, an unemployed mother yeah. your whole life? Uh, rough. He then explains that Norval's gonna have to break his fingers because they can't pick the lock. And this is where this is what I'm referring to as cringing like the hardest. Oh, he really? Dislocates his thumb first. Yeah. But it's not enough. It's not enough, so he says you gotta go for the index. This didn't bother me that much. Uh, I can't. Because there's another part coming up that bothered me a lot more. Oh, I forgot about this part. Mm-hmm. I know what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah and I was very upset that you were like, yeah, this is the movie we're gonna watch. Oh, God. So, yep. <sighs> I got to live I that. I forgot. Okay. I was like, really? Sorry. This was that bad for you? Because there's like way worse shit in this whole this. movie that happens. So yeah, this is the part you're referring to. Uh, when they finally do get his dad out of the cuff, they make their way so, out like, of the So like, he ends up just unclipping the chain. <laughs> that's where I'm like, okay, yeah, this movie was a comedy. And that's there was a fucking chain clip the whole scene. fucking time. That's one of the like comedy scenes, absolutely. 
Although I wasn't laughing. But that's what I mean. The same way with us, you're not really laughing. But it is a comedy in the way that it's written. Yeah. Although this is far more brutal than But, like, how did... How did his dad not be like, just unclick the chain thing, it's right there? Like, why did he... I don't know. Is he the same way? Is that, like, he's like, you're gonna have to bring my finger... (laughs) You're gonna have to pick the lock. He also, though, you have to remember, like... He also says that he ate an ear because he didn't want to take... Drink someone's, like, disgusting yellow semen. Right, which it was pretty hilarious that Elijah Wood tried to justify yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, but there's more protein and nutrients in, in the semen. Like, yeah. dude. And his dad says, like, I don't need to explain myself to you. Yeah, he says, I don't was, need to defend my reason yeah. for eating the ear. Oh, God, that was gross. Um, yeah, so they go to escape, and this is where we get their confrontation with Dandy. Mm-hmm. They refer to Dandy as the hunchback, who's not a hunchback at all. Well, he's, which it's, I kind of have a theory that like maybe the dad was kind of lying about stuff too. Oh really? Well, yeah, because these were supposedly his friends. He had supposedly already met Dandy. He calls Dandy a hunchback, and then Dandy turns out to be this huge Asian dude. Yeah, without a hunchback. I think he's Thai. I don't mean to be offensive if he's not, but I do believe him to be a Thai okay. guy. Well, um, that's why I just said Asian. Sure, which is I guess fair. Um, Hopefully, I'm not offending anyone with that. It's the last thing we're trying to do. So, uh, yeah, they have their confrontation. It's pretty fucked up. So Norval brutally maims and kills him before escaping with his father. Yeah, he's telling him, "You got to." He's like, "Dude, it's you and him. You got to do what you got to do." Which I was like, "Okay." And then he grabs like a, a steak fork or something. What do you call those? A prong? Yeah, it's like a, the two prong. It's like the two prong steak. Thing, which I was like, okay, cool. Where's this gonna go? <laughs> and then he fucking rams it into his dick, and I was <laughs> like, oh god! I literally had to look away over and over again. He just I had to look away, Sean. I was so upset with you when this part started. <laughs> I which, love you. Here's the other thing, man. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about here's it. Here's the other thing. When he sees the guy on the toilet, like if that were me, after what had just happened. I would have started bashing that dude's head in. Probably me too, but that's the thing is Norval sucks. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, he does this, and then he wraps the dude's face up with saran wrap and bashes cool. his teeth in and leaves him there. Dead. That was kind of cool. It's fucked up. It's Still brutal. fucked up and gross. So I'm sorry. He was going to kill him, though. That, uh, you're right. This movie plays on another one of my like primal fears, which only one other movie has done so what, far. It's like having to kill up. people in order to survive. It's what happens to Jethro at the end of the movie, but we're not going to get there until we talk to talk about it. It's yeah. a weird one. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about it. No, dude, I'm totally cool with killing people if I have to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, so they, <laughs> they get out of the house. There's a toilet paper gag that happens during this, though, where it's like stuck to the... the to Dandy's ass while he's running through that house. So we see yeah, him, he was like, like mid-wipe or thing. something. Apparently he doesn't tear the p- toilet paper off like as it, before he wipes. It was dumb, but it did make me laugh just because it pulls away from this horrible shit that's happening. And then, well, it and then it's like running. when he like dies, it like comes off the roll yes. and like falls down. Like what is that? His like life connection? Right, and that's the, and that's the like universe. the obvious comedy, right? That's him flatlining right there. So they go outside um, kind of down by the beach, Norval and, and his dad. Jethro returns with a flaming crossbow. That's his little friend that he was talking about. Right. He said he's uh, coming back with his little friend. Dad thought it was Dandy. While this happens, Norval remembers that his mother's name and address are on his luggage tag. 
and Jethro's already got it. Yeah. <laughs> Jethro lets him know. And so his dad basically tells him he's going to have to kill him. Norval doesn't want to, so he goes – he ends up hiding in the trunk of Jethro's car. Well, he actually – yeah, he realizes that he's he's like, my luggage tag's in there. He's going to have the address. Right. He's like, you're going to have to kill him then. He goes and hides in his trunk, which I kind of missed that. Right. Because it was a pretty dark scene. It, this movie gets very dark, yeah. Well, I meant dark in lighting. No, that's what I mean. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, aside from being, like, morally dark, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Yeah, in and so he hides, yeah, he hides in the trunk, and then that's when, like, he kind of, like, announces the address, letting them know, and letting the audience know, like, well, he knows where he's going. So, Jethro then takes off, uh, and they arrive at a, a, a motel, I mm-hmm. suppose it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Jethro goes into a room, a prostitute comes up, and Elijah Wood, or Norval, tries to confront her. She basically tells him precious. to fuck off. Yeah, precious. Um, so then Norval goes to see the front desk clerk. They have a bit of an awkward conversation where the desk clerk tells him that there's a geology conference, which really is just <laughs> a cover for swingers. So was that the thing? It was a cover? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's well, then it, I guess that kind of makes more sense. But yeah. Like, I... So, it was still like unexpected that they weren't American. Yeah, they have a bit of a weird conversation about how he's a medically certified jugaholic. Yeah, you see, you see some weird like pacing in between all this, and yeah, he weird. says I'm what they would refer to in the medical field as a. I think he says, "titsaholic." A titaholic, yeah, something yeah. stupid. And then so then Norval goes outside. He comes back in and tells him that there's some hot girl outside waiting for him. And the guy's like, "Man, you're weird, but I'm interested." So then he goes outside. Norval takes a key, goes into the room joined to Jethro's, tries to sneak he, through. He goes and pops his tire first, too. Oh, sure, right, which with is the, very important. Yeah, with the... Um, the I called it a receipt spike. Now, yeah. he takes this from the, um, from the clerk's uh, desk. Now, this yeah. is important. This is very important. I'm glad you brought that up. He sneaks through the adjoined room, filled with a group of mostly men and I think one woman... Uh, yeah, I only saw one chick. Swingers. Whatever. Uh, he accidentally steps on the remote to the TV, turning it on. Uh, as he opens the door to Jethro's room, he wakes the swingers up. Yeah. And a very strange confrontation happens. The uh, Jethro has Precious end up holding uh, Norval, and then Jethro stabs him with... Well- he walks in on Precious, like, with Jethro in a headlock. Yeah, she's, like, beating And I was up. like, oh, whoa. He's into that BDSM stuff. Okay, but here's the thing. I thought she was, like, trying to beat him up. No, I think he's just into that. He kind of made it sound like she, like, attacked him. Uh, well, no, that was what he was saying about uh, her with Norval, as though, like, he was trying to pin the murder on her when he leaves. Uh, well, I guess it was, yeah, okay, gotcha. So that he was like, I didn't do that. Like, you attacked him and then leaves her, leaves the body there with her. Yeah, because he said, he said something about her being into giving, like, putting guys in, being a muscle-bound freak and putting guys in headlocks or something. So, Which like, is what I mean. I think she was, oh, I gotcha. that was the thing. I was confused and thought she was, like, trying to take him. Zach's not versed in the BDSM world. Hit him up, hit him up if you want to educate him. <laughs> Fighting them silly mice. That's what I know about BDSM. He's all, he controls the Twitter, so hit, light him up with all the the knowledge, the quote unquote knowledge for him. Uh, I don't. Is that offensive to say quote unquote knowledge? I'll just call it knowledge. The the informative information. I don't think it's offensive, but whatever. Um, 
if you really don't, don't want to offend the community. BDSM community, then... Maybe that's my kink. I'm going to offend the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, yeah, uh, Jethro has Precious put uh, Norval into a headlock, and then he stabs him multiple times in the stomach with the receipt spike yeah. before stabbing it through his cheeks and his gums. Which he didn't even mean to do. He was like, oh, sorry, that was supposed to be your ear. Dude, brutal. So brutal. He's lucky he didn't die. True. But, uh, yeah, so this I is guess. where he, he kind of falls back uh, down, passes out, I would assume, or faints. Maybe momentarily, because he kind of comes back. Yeah, which it seemed like he died. Sure, exactly. And this is where Jethro leaves. He, like I said, he kind of remarks, like, "Oh, this is on you." She was kind of like uh, the the. I don't remember the actress who played Precious, but she reminded me of Elizabeth Banks a little bit. I was gonna say the same thing. It, it's not her, but it does it does look vaguely like her. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Her the headlock thing was kind of hot. <laughs> Zach BDSM thing, guys. Educate him, like I said. Ladies, beat me up. Uh, <laughs> Step on him. Crush his balls. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, this movie's got a giant lady no. in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Jethro leaves. That's me getting off. Oh, gotcha. Giant woman. Uh, I, I do like tall women, too. So, so <laughs> Jethro leaves uh, Norval's mother bound, I suppose. That's yeah. a weird sentence. But, yeah, he puts in yeah. the GPS. He doesn't get far. No, we hear him screech off and then an accident. And as the uh, we hear the accident, uh, is about the time that Norval comes to the door. He gets back up and comes to the door. <sighs> yeah, that was so unsatisfying because you see the th- the sign through the window. I was like, okay, it's in his head, right? But then we see him and the way they frame it, it doesn't give it away. Originally, initially. Because we see it from the other side. We see profile shot of them walking. Uh well, what I meant was just that when he discovers, like oh, sure, as sure. he gets when up he to the vehicle, the he's not like oh right, like it doesn't, it's not like through the middle of his head or something. No, 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 and and yeah, so that's what happened is because he popped the tire, he slid out of control and hit the sign, which uh-huh. was an arrow. Jethro's walking down the street, so Norval catches up to him, still with this fucking spike through his face. Yeah, they're not, they're both not doing too good. Yeah, we'll say that now. This is where my second big fear comes in, and what only one other movie has done this, and it freaks me out. Um, we have a little bit of a conversation between Jethro and um, Norval. Jethro's brain is exposed through his skull on the side of his head. Yeah. This freaks me the fuck out. So is this supposed to be like a callback from before when uh, Gordon talks about how when he kicked the guy's ear off? Oh. Uh, and he's like, I can. I saw his skull. Maybe. I, don't, I actually didn't think about that, but I have that quote. Also, funny. the fact that Brian, his dad, had to eat an ear? Is that a callback to that, too? Possibly. Is that his ear that he kicked off? I thought those two things were connected, for sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah, this part's pretty rough, man. I don't know. Exposed brain freaks me out. Yeah. I don't know. Let me start over. The idea of being, like, conscious with exposed brain. Yeah, because he's kind of barely, like, working. And even maybe not knowing that your brain is exposed is what freaks me out about it. And there's sure. one other movie called Dead End that does this, and it freaks me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, Jethro really, like, make me all jelly. So, uh, Jethro whatever. basically explains to Norval that his mother was a prostitute and that Jethro also had sex with her at one point, but he couldn't keep it up because she looked like an old uh, British uh, uh, congressman. Yeah, <laughs> which is a very strange. From the 80s. Yeah, very strange com- uh, conversation. Norval then pulls the spike out of his mouth 
and pushes it. Yeah, he it. leaves it there the whole time. Yeah. He, he then pulls it out and then pushes it into Jethro's exposed brain. Killing Very him. casual. Is t- ca- ca- uh, casually casualty. The ca- um, <laughs> That's awful. That's uh, mean. Whatever. Fuck that guy. Fuck him up his stupid ass. I would have done a lot more to him than what Norval does. Jethro to him. sucks. I'm with you. Um, but uh, I guess everyone kind of sucks except Precious. So um, yeah, honestly, she's the only one that doesn't really do anything wrong. Yeah, and like I mean, you know. yeah. Uh, and I oh, and the hot geologist. I'm only too. shaming the um, the desk clerk because he was working and he was being a shitty employee. Yeah, well, and he's yeah, he's a scumbag too. Yeah. Probably. Uh, Norval returns now to the beach uh, where his dad is lying, mm-hmm. dying. I'm assuming. Uh, infected from the poo-poo pen, the poo pen. Um, Norval explains that he never really allowed his mom to move past his dad and that he feels guilty for it now. Um, his dad kind of doesn't say anything or move at all. I thought he was probably just in shock or in a coma. I thought he was dead. Sure. I was uh, like, damn, that sucks. Cause like, he's trying to have a moment. Yeah, his right. dad's dad. He's trying to establish this connection with his dad, the whole movie. And like everything gets in the way basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe that is the core theme of the movie. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that in a second, but he does go on to ask his dad why he wrote to him, but his dad can't say anything. After a moment, his dad puts his hand on an Orville's and that's the end of the movie. I mean, we get a quick flash of some home footage. Yeah. Which I was like, is this, is it showing something that's like supposed to be make you go like, Oh, what the fuck? Right. I couldn't really tell. No, it was just them being playing when he was a little kid, Yeah. which it was like, Oh damn, like rough. Yeah. That's the movie. I mean, that's it. Uh, I'll go through my quotes real quick, and then we can kind of talk about our feelings about this one. Okay. Um, yeah, in the beginning, I love when like he loses his hat. Yeah, that, and he's like, "Oh no, my hat!" I know it made me think about my hat and how sad I would be if my hat flew away. Yeah, but his hat sucked. His so. hat did. Suck. It was like very much a hipster hat. Uh, my first quote is: "Careful, that's a limited edition gold phone designed by Lord." And then Gordon drops it immediately, which was kind of hilarious. Which now I'm realizing it's it was probably on purpose. But it was also absolutely yes. But also I think he was Although, lying. I don't think it was actually designed by Lord. I think he was just doing that thing where he hypes himself up. Right. He's being that guy. Um, Although it didn't it didn't it didn't feel like it yet. And at the same time, it just seemed like he was just like they don't had, present like, it. Yeah. He was just like, uh, like, look, I'm kind of materialistic. That's my phone, and it's like a limited edition thing. But, like, yeah, he's this little rich boy. And that's what I mean. Watching it a second time, it put a lot of things into perspective for me where I'm going, oh, everybody in this kind of sucks. Like, and I think that's the point is, like, everybody's so self-involved, including our main character. Right. That things just go wrong for them constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a, he says, I'm fairly big in the music business. I'm not someone you can pigeonhole per se. And that's when he goes on his little rant, mm-hmm. it, which is where he goes on to lie about Elton John. Um, and then, yeah, Gordon eventually says, just so you know, if you want to impress me, I like fighting stories. I once accidentally kicked the guy's ear off. I didn't mean to, but it flew right off. I could see right into his skull. Night. Yeah. And then he goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> that part was fucked up. Um, when when Gordon confronts uh, uh, Norval, he said, Norval says, Dick, what the fuck are you doing? And Nor- uh, Gordon says, I believe the word is filicide. As he has the knife and he's going to kill him, which is the act of killing your child. Mm. Um, I'm kind of breaking the fourth wall here. This is the one I think I already said earlier, the cop. Which I didn't understand. 
that was really the point, him saying, I'm breaking the fourth wall here to tell the audience? <laughs> yeah. Because why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know. It was a bizarre scene. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I gave you the two quotes from the coroner. And then uh, the dad says, that's Jethro. He's my best friend. And then uh, Norval says, then why is he stabbing you with poo pens and locking you up in your basement? Which I thought was like just a funny confrontation between. See, when you talk about it, it is funny. When you're watching the movie, it's not funny. Right. Absolutely. And I get that. But those were my major quotes. I mean, we already talked about the the come in the ear, which is the other one. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That is the that on the movie. That's the that on that. Yeah. What do you think about this one, Zach? Sean, well, actually, let me before you say that. What are we scoring it in? Late night calls to Elton John. Okay, how many late night calls to Elton John are you giving this movie out of five? I give this movie two. Wow, that's very low. I fucking hated this movie, Sean. Okay, and I knew that. This movie is exactly what its main character was, which is a pretentious little prick. This movie was written so pretentiously and especially the um, God, what was the part? There was like this whole. I can't even think of it because there's so many moments like this in the movie, but it was just like (laughs) it had such a good startup, dude. It was so promising and I was so excited. I was like, damn, this is going to be pretty cool, probably some sort of ghost story or something, or even just like a weird drama where the. He finds out this guy isn't his dad. I knew right away that wasn't his dad. It, it was kind of obvious, like that—that's where it was gonna go. I didn't think the twist of his real, actual dad being like chained up in the basement, and then like the gross stuff that happens. I didn't think that was really like a big enough twist. I thought it'd be a little crazier than that. I guess I don't know. And then like, like I said, I. I Although a lot of stuff does kind of happen, it doesn't feel like a lot of stuff happens within the last hour of the movie. Sure. Absolutely. And then it was just so unsatisfying, dude. It was like I had to wait 45 minutes for like the best day. Like you were like, dude, which you didn't hype this movie up. So I'm not trying to say that. But it's like you're like, dude, this is going to be the best steak you've ever had. I wait like maybe over an hour for it. As long as the movie, I guess, an hour and 45 minutes. I finally get it. I'm like, this is the worst steak I've ever had. I hate this movie and I can't recommend it. Okay, that's fair. Go watch um, something better. What is your re- alternate? What oh. I will say, I do like, which I I knew as soon as I realized this movie, because like, yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit too. Norval is. I was I was like, oh, of course Sean likes this movie. Everyone's an asshole. You're not supposed to like anyone. <laughs> that's exactly it. Now, what's your alternate pick uh, if you had to recommend something else? <clears throat> That's adjacent to this. Fuck, movie. I knew you were going to ask me that and I wasn't prepared. Um, uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, let's see. Like a daddy issues movie or just a movie that you feel is adjacent in tone or theme. What What does this movie remind you of? I, I There is a movie that came to my mind immediately when I thought about this one. Um. I guess I have another one, but they're like not really similar movies at all. It's okay. Uh, it's called Brick. Oh, sure. With the have Joseph you seen that Gordon Levitt movie? Yeah. yeah, it's like a bit of a like a neo noir. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got a better one. I've been trying to get you to watch this for years too. Um, mean Creek. Josh Peck was in it uh, way back in the day. 
Sure, I remember you telling me about this one. That's a hard fucking movie to watch. Okay. Well, I'll, well which it's got that. um uh it's got one of the Culkins in it, I think. Oh, Kieran maybe? No. Rory? I don't think so. It might be Rory. It's probably Rory. He has a bit of a Mormon acting career. Let's see. Actually, I'm going to find out. Well, I'm going to let you. It might have been uh Kieran actually. I'm not Wait, wait, wait. Which one? Kieran is the shorter hair, Rory has the long hair. It was when he was a kid, so it's kind of hard to, like... Rory's always had long hair. Uh, damn, 2004. Damn. Yeah, it's Rory. 16 years ago. Okay. Rory. Nice. I love Rory Culkin. Fucking shout out to my guy. Yep. And Josh Peck. Uh, okay. Well, then, here's what I'm gonna say, since it's (laughs) my turn to score this one. I have two scores for this movie, because I... I have my... <clears throat> I have my subjective opinion, which I am very well aware is going to be different than maybe general opinion of this movie. If that makes sense. I gave this movie a personal four out of five. I think this is an awesome movie. I love the way it's written. I think that it's like, it's dark and it's like so in your face. And like you said, it like, it is my thing. The characters all like are, are despicable in some way or another. And it's really just trying to get to this core idea of uh, something that somebody trying to achieve something that they don't get to have at the end of the day. That's why I like this movie. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I and and that's why I like this show. I'm going to say we look at movies very differently, and that's why I can appreciate having you on the show. My my score for this movie, for real, if I was going to tell somebody about this movie, is a three, just over half, because I think it's interesting and I think it's worth one watch. I do not think that everybody will love this movie. Yeah. So I can't say that I would recommend it. Which I, maybe my See, I I was comfortable with giving it a 2 cuz I know you kind of rate a 2.5 is in the middle, so that's why I was sure. like, well, he's not going to be pissed if I give it a 2. Sure, sure. Although well, and I've also gotten to a point where it's like it's a movie you can have whatever opinion you want on it. <laughs> As long as it's You didn't feel that way when we did Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, well, if we watched it again, I think you'd give it a different score. You're you're probably not wrong. If we watched it again again and if we watched it and this was my first time seeing it now after we've been doing this for so long, I right. might I might feel that way. I also might not because I kind of feel like the reason why I try to look at movies more unbiased now is because of that. Oh, you that's know? true. Like that was kind of like what made me go like maybe I'm kind of like too harsh on movies sometimes. Maybe just that because was I didn't like, like the, it. It was like the linchpin for why this show started started to work out. Right, but here's like the an, thing. An unheard episode, by the way. You guys <laughs> it, will never hear that. I one. know, and it kind of sucks. Maybe we'll end up doing it again. And but that's the thing is like we talk about it so much on the side through episodes that I'm like sure people have figured it out. You guys by know now. by now. Just go yeah. watch it if you want. Um, but like. I was just so unsatisfied, man. Like the ideas of everything and the, like it was definitely a cool twist that like his fake dad died. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Although that's the thing is like, at that point I was like, I no longer was like, Oh, it's not his real dad. Right. But because that's when I thought it was going to go supernatural. But that's what I liked about it is they were able to go. Yeah. It's kind of obvious that one of them's, lying okay well maybe not maybe something freaky is happening oh no they were lying and this is actually what's happening <sighs> yeah so that's what i mean is i do think it was an effectively and like well put together movie but i i can appreciate what you're saying i understand i agree i just yeah i just i was a little unsatisfied with this one 
I don't recommend yeah. it. With that being said, I, yeah. like I said, my all, the movie that came up uh, in my mind while watching this was The Visit, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Yeah. Very adjacent. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, too. So, I guess that's what maybe that's what I should have said to watch instead, but that's, that's, that's still kind of different. But That's what I would recommend. It's adjacent. You know, it's similar right. in theme. And that's, that's really what I was thinking of. That's why when, once you asked, I was like, oh, shit, I feel like I kind of had something, but I can't remember now. Um, that movie's hard to watch, too, once like it gets to a certain point. Um, hey, there, yeah, there's similar poop themes. Uh, yeah, themes which of, I hated that, too. identity. But, Mistaken identity. Uh, so, um, so I like that stuff. The me mistaken too. identity thing, because that's always a fucking trip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was, well, I was joking about the poop themes, but it just happened no, to be true. I, no, I, I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, I, I was, I gotta say, I was also really disappointed this didn't turn out to be some sort of Power Rangers affiliation because Saban Films was uh, pretty much who did this. Also, I saw what's Saban with like, too. I thought that was interesting. what's with like the fucking twenty production companies at the beginning. It felt like that Family Guy joke when they they're like you can never tell when the movie's actually starting because it ends up just being some production company's like movie card. I think I have a theory about that. I think that this movie was a made for like very cheap, but I think that a lot of production companies were like, "We'll give you like a hundred thousand dollars if you want to make this movie," because then it's not much of a loss for any of them. And then altogether, accumulatively, it was enough to make this film because. I can't imagine it costs that much to make this. Like, yeah. Realistically. Yeah. Well, and I'm also really mad that like, um, oh shit, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, fuck, there was something. What do you think of um, Elijah Wood in this? His acting. I mean, he's great in everything. I, I had no, I had no problem with his acting. I love him. I think he's so good. Um, I thought I he think plays he plays the pretentious hipster from Beverly it. Hills really That's well. That's what I mean is he's able to like get into character with that stuff because he's not like that in real life at least not in his interviews he's like so different so yeah. it's like oh wow well, he's, yeah like, pretty good you always got to separate the absolutely artist from the art yeah yeah I so. say we both say it I, all the time but like I I also love the Lord of the Rings movies and I don't give a shit about them oh, but you, I love Maniac though. you should he watch them though. In that movie you watch them. Um, I haven't seen Maniac yet so good. Oh, he was good in um, Sin City. Yeah, is a uh, uh, like I don't know. Well, I can't think of his fucking name. Did he really have a name? Yeah, he did. I thought they just kind of described him. You stupid him. son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Hey, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Okay, same. And I have the book upstairs, and I still couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Yeah, whatever. That was cool that he was a part of that. Yeah, he's like kind of a minor character, major character, because he doesn't have any lines. Yeah, he's just. It was all visual. Yeah, but like. So that movie was perfect. cool, man. It was very cool. Yeah, okay. Well, here we go. Follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter at WAWWTPod if you want to tell Zach about your BDSM lifestyle or why it's uh, great or maybe just why he's already interested in it and doesn't know. He handles the Twitter at WAWWTPod. If you want to talk to me about movies or books, I'm doing our Instagram at WAWWTPod. That's where you can get a hold of us. And uh, make sure, if you're not already right now or previously in the past, that you're subscribed to us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox FM. Assuming you're listening to an episode and you haven't subscribed, uh, just go to the little page and hit the little subscribe button. Yeah, leave, some, leave a feedback for us. We like a feedback. We like uh, a feedback a lot. Of- we haven't missed a week yet, I don't think. I don't think so. So We're pretty bad about posting about that we did, but... <laughs> Uh, as long, the episodes will not ever be late. I yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, tune in next week when Zach opens the ninth gate of hell.
And Sean accidentally broadcasts an SOS to interdimensional beings. It's, yeah, it's going to be a wild one. Peace, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. How long has it been? A long time. A long time, yeah. I realize I know nothing about you. Boy, your mom really doesn't talk about me, does she? <laughs>